As vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs, we're often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Redcross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, hello, everyone. I have an amazing guest for you today. You're just going to be blown away, not only by her story, but by her energy and really the things that she's cooking up in her business this year. I'm excited to have with us today the official authority creator. And the key here today is not only will we be talking about her business, her career, but we'll also be talking about how she's veganizing what she does best, how she's been working with coaches and business leaders and really anyone who has an amazing story to share and helping them turn that into a book, helping them get their messages out there and in the process also generate a little bit of money as well. So I'm excited to dive into not only into Natalie's actual background experience, but also talking about the contributions that she's looking to make to the vegan community. So first, let me just say welcome, welcome, Matalia. I'm so glad you came with me, uh, joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here, Stephanie. All right. So before we dive into all the details, before we talk about what you're doing today, let's give everyone a little bit of backstory. Let's give everyone a little bit of a glimpse into what you're known for and why do people call you the authority creator? Okay. Well, I've been writing for most of my life. I'm in my 40s now. Um, Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but you know, I'm in my 40s now. And I've been writing for most of my life. I used to be a journalist in my 20s. Um, From 2013, I got into writing content, so different websites. uh, They hired me around the world to write blog posts and articles for them. From that, I moved into copywriting, mainly because the money was better in copywriting. And I was jealous the copywriters were getting a lot more money than I was as a content writer. So I taught myself copywriting and I started doing that. And then my one of my very good clients, my copywriting clients, asked me to write a book for him. And I'd never written a book before. So he was really taking a, a gamble on him. But I've always been of the opinion, never say no to opportunity even if you're not sure how you're going to exploit something if someone hands you an opportunity don't be scared by it just say yes and see what happens so he knew that I hadn't written a book before so he was very very patient with me that book became a bestseller so that started my um, career as a ghostwriter alongside being a copywriter so I've ghostwritten seven business books Um, and then last year It was, actually, I have to tell you a little bit of a story. So last year, a really good friend of mine um, based in another, it's not like a state, we don't have states in the the UK, it's more like counties we have, but they're kind Mm -hmm. of like states that you guys have over in the US. And um, he lives quite a while away from me, about 300 miles away from me. Um, But he he messaged me and he just said, I'm giving up. And he's a coach, he's an executive coach. And he just messaged me saying, I'm giving up, I don't want to do this anymore. So I called him immediately and I said, but this is your dream. This is a guy who's been in corporate for over 20 years. 
making very good money but hating it as a lot of people in corporate do yes and it was his dream for so long to set up his own executive coaching business mm -hmm. so he did that in 2018 okay. and then this is the beginning of 2020 just before the pandemic and mm -hmm. he's telling me he's had enough he doesn't want to do it anymore okay. so I was like what are you talking about this is your dream why are you giving yeah. up on your dream just two short years later why are you giving up on your dream and then he said, I never thought that I would spend so much of my time generating leads and selling. That's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to have my own business because the corporate world was just sucking the life out of me and, mm. you know, telling me what I need to do. I couldn't just do something that was instinctive for me. It had to go through all this red tape and bureaucracy. So I thought setting up my own business, I was going to feel freedom within the business but instead what I've done is I've swapped one set of chains for another set of chains yes. and now I'm spending all my time generating leads and and selling to people and that's not what I want to do mm -hmm. and it just kind of I felt so bad for him and it just kind of struck me that this is the reality for a lot of entrepreneurs out there if Absolutely. you speak if you speak to most entrepreneurs not just coaches I'm talking about all kinds of entrepreneurs they usually set up a business of their own to experience some kind of freedom that they don't get from having a job mm -hmm. and yet ironically they end up more chained to their business Yes. than they ever did to their job. So they have less freedom and they end up doing tasks that they really don't want to do. So, I mean, an example would be a graphic designer. All mm -hmm. a graphic designer really gets a buzz out from is designing. That's their yes. thing. Mm -hmm. They start a business of their own. They're going to spend 50% or more of their time generating leads and not yes. doing graphic design. So Absolutely. the very thing that they want to do, they end up doing less of when they have a business. And I just thought, oh, my God, this is not just a problem that my friend is experiencing. This is a problem that across the board, coaches, consultants, mentors, speakers, any kind of entrepreneur, really, unless you're naturally good at sales and marketing, which most of us aren't. I'm not, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, it's very, very difficult. And you end up spending most of your time in a business generating leads and sales instead of doing yes. the thing that you love. Absolutely. So I set about last year, I thought, okay, I'd like to help people like this friend of mine. Mm -hmm. How do I help them doing what I do? Because I'm, I'm a content writer. I create copywriting, content, books. That's what I do. How do I help them? So I decided that I wanted to interview a number of my previous clients. Okay. And I decided I want to know what is the piece of content that made the biggest difference to their business, especially when it came to sales and generating leads. Okay. Now, if I was a gambling woman, Stephanie, I would have gone for sales pages. That's where my money would have gone yes. because that's the piece of content that has the buy button. <laughs> so surely yes. that's the one that should that makes the most money. That's the, the piece of content that would make the biggest difference to an entrepreneur. What I found out, out of researching all my previous clients was something that I wasn't expecting. It was the book that made the biggest difference. Maybe not directly, mm -hmm. but indirectly, because yes. it raises their authority. And those, my book clients, they are now seen as industry leaders and thought leaders in their field because yes. of the book. Yeah. And the book is what sets them apart. 
And now it's like, and now I look at it and go, duh, why didn't I figure this out? Why did I need to? It's one of those things that until someone tells you, you don't realize it's so obvious it's staring you in the face. But now I go, of course, because sales pages, emails, blog posts, social media profiles, all entrepreneurs have them. There's no yes. differentiation point. But as soon as you become an author, how many entrepreneurs do you know who are authors? Yes. Probably less, a, than five, less than 5%. I doubt if it's even 1% of entrepreneurs out there. So you instantly differentiate yourself from your competitors if you're an author. And you're instantly seen as an authority above your competitors because you're an author. So that was it was at that point when I learned that, I thought, that's what I want to specialize in. Before that, I was able to do all kinds of writing. So you could hire me to write a book, but you can also hire me to write your sales pages. You can hire me to write your email sequences. Whatever you wanted written, I, I would do for you. You would do it. Yeah, that makes just, sense. Just throw me money. Just give me money and I'll write whatever you want to write for me. And I think that's how a lot of us build our businesses at times. We have so many great skills that what happens is we want to help people. We want to support them. And we really try to say, oh, I can do this and I can do that. But I really think it's an amazing place to be to really figure out your sweet spot, to really figure yeah. out the place that you can make a huge impact. Um, and I also think it's pretty exciting what you were saying about the books, because I also think, and this is just me hedging, you can let me know if you agree with this, is that as entrepreneurs, a lot of times we do feel like we're kind of pushed into the lane of what we have to do yeah. during the day. We have to write this, we have to do this, we have to do that. Where a book sometimes may bring that creative fire back to your life. It may create that, you know, that visionary dreaming experience that you had before you started your business, but dwindled while you kind of felt maybe a little crushed under your business, that I think that's a book so can kind of reignite it. And I think that's one thing that might be um, exciting for a lot of people, and maybe some people who are listening and watching today and thinking about writing a book, that it may allow them to kind of reconnect with that spirit and that excitement that they originally had. You're absolutely right, Stephanie. I've had students who maybe haven't really thought so much about what their brand represents. And, you know, it's it's exercises that you kind of do at the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey. See, most of us have done things like, you know, created a customer avatar. And because we've mm -hmm. been told that's what you need to do. So you go, okay, that's what I need to do. Because yeah. HubSpot have got an article saying this is what I need to do. So off you go and you do it, you know. But then mm -hmm. as normal life gets underway and you're a year, two, three years into your business, you, you've forgotten about those things, but your customer avatar might have, might have changed or you Absolutely. need to be reminded of who your customer avatar is because you're now doing marketing things that don't align with your customer avatar. So it's important to keep renewing, you know, who is it that you serve and being sure about who it is that you serve and something that we do at the beginning of our businesses, but we don't carry on doing. And what's wonderful about writing a book is it forces you to do those things. It forces you to really get to the bottom of why you got into doing what you do, why mm -hmm. you continue doing what you're doing, why you want to serve other people. And it's not good enough just to say that because I like the money. No one wants to read a book where it's just like, yeah, just like the money. They want mm -hmm. to know who are you. People, I always say people do business with people they like, you yes. know, Absolutely. and people like you. The only way you're going to give somebody an opportunity to like you is to open up and let them in and tell yes. them, you know, why did you get into this? Why do you want to help these people? And that really can reaffirm why you got into business in the first place. I've even had a couple of students who 
realize that they've gone off track with their whole marketing. So this is this is now outside of my field. I should have actually charged them more than what I did because I ended up getting, I ended up doing something for them that wasn't even in my remit of what I was meant to do. My job mm-hmm. was just to get a book out of them and publish it. That was my job as a book coach. And um, but yeah. what ended up happening with a couple of my students is they actually start have meetings with their brand designers because they had to. They was like, oh gosh, we need to rethink all this yes. because what we stand for has changed over the last few years and we're still using our logo and we're still using our mission and vision statements from before that has changed so they ended up rehauling so many things and they're doing so much better in their business because of that so yeah you're absolutely right a book really makes you focus on why you do what you do yeah and I think that's so important that people look at a book and kind of many of the different things that it brings to the table. I think sometimes when people think about, you know, writing a book or you can let me know if you you think differently about this, but I think sometimes they see it kind of as just the means to the end, meaning I got to write a book. I got to write a blog. I have to do this. I have to do that. And they just start kind of checking it off the list. And I really feel like a book can be a vehicle for you to express yourself, a a vehicle for you to kind of have more of a longer dialogue. Because right now, you know, we're in the world of like 30 second videos, 60 second videos, two minute videos, you know, everything's very short and fast and quick. So people don't always get a sense of the culture. People don't get a sense of your perspective. People don't always get a sense of who you are, especially as an entrepreneur and what you really stand for in that business. And not just what you stand for from a product standpoint, but what drives the type of customer service that you offer? What drives the type of products that you offer? What drives how you may approach your next um, you know, launch or something like that? And I think those things can be really cool if we're able to kind of Pull the curtain back, as they say, and give not only your customers an opportunity to understand that, but potentially your prospects. And that can maybe help get out of the the feeling of leads, 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 you know, marketing, marketing, marketing oh, all the time because absolutely. you really opened up. Absolutely. Like I said, people do business with people that they like. And unless you're in some sort of cutting edge field, then most of us are in a field where there's tons of other people doing what we do. So what differentiates you? And if you don't explain that by showing your personality and why you do what you do and what makes you different, then guess what? You will be compared. You'll be compared on price. And that is the worst thing to be compared, getting into price wars with your competitors. I mean, no one wins, basically. Well, the customer wins, but like you and your competitors, none of you are going to win because of that. So sometimes the customer doesn't always win because when you get into a price war, sometimes the quality can it's cost yeah yeah because you still need to turn a profit so yeah you'll find ways of cutting quality cutting corners here and there so yeah you're absolutely right even the customer doesn't doesn't actually get a great win there so it's I just think it's really really important to to focus on that that something you just said before Stephanie I've, I've, I've been doing my obligatory snooping and stalking you. I always do that with any shows that I go on. I think it's I, I think it's rude. I think that's just, such an honor. <laughs> no, I just think it's rude to turn up on someone's show and just be like, hey, I'm me. And I'm not actually do a little bit of background research on the host, you know, because it's a mm-hmm. two-way thing. It's not just about me. It's about you as well. And what I loved about this, something on your LinkedIn profile where you said, you know, the reason why you start, you why you do what you do is – a lot of people assume that vegan businesses and most people, even vegans, some believe this. It's it's to do with food 
So you have yes. to have a restaurant or you know, it's something to do with food. Like, I, you know, I get like a, a monthly um, box of chocolate. It's amazing. Vegan chocolate that turns up, you know, and mm-hmm. as I got a subscription and they give me a huge box of chocolate every in the beginning of every month. It's all food related. And something you said in your LinkedIn profile about, you know, it needs to be vegan carpenters. There needs to be vegan accountants. And Absolutely. it's so true. It needs to, you need to think the piece of content that makes overall the biggest difference to an entrepreneur. I decided that's what statement. I wanted to do. Oh, I hope we have more time to unpack that. But, <laughs> go ahead, but then the next step after that was I realized that, you know, as a ghostwriter, I was being paid tens of thousands of dollars to write a book. It's beyond the average entrepreneur. It's beyond mm-hmm. it. So yes. I realized I made the discovery that I was helping the successful become even more successful. Yes. But your Absolutely. average coach, consultant, entrepreneur, they don't have twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars to pay someone like me to write a book for them. So that's when I decided I've written seven of these books before. I now have it down to a specific structure that I know that works. Instead of writing books for people why don't I show this structure to people and that way they can write their own books. And therefore now the average entrepreneur should be able to afford my program. Whereas before what I was doing was I was pricing myself at a level where you're, you have to be, I would say at least a six figure entrepreneur anyway to work with someone like me. And I just thought that's not fair on most of the entrepreneurs. So that's what happened last year. I ended okay. up writing my own book, which is just over my shoulder. That was my yes. eighth book, but it's my first um, as an author. Mm-hmm. And that was basically all the research that I took. And wait, let's give people the name of the book, just in case they want to check it out. It's called The Freedom Master Plan. And what it does is it, it's case study based. It's all my previous book clients. And I put them on the spot and said, tell me what you did with your books. Because one of the biggest issues I found with people who have written books is they were sold a dream that you can just write a book, stick it on Amazon, and suddenly the world will stop turning and yes. you'll be a millionaire overnight. Yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Uh, somebody told me recently that over 3,000 books a day are uploaded onto Amazon. Wow. Worldwide. I didn't know that number. That's based. Yeah. So the, the idea that you can just stick, even a great book, the fact that you can just stick it on Amazon and suddenly everything will be amazing, that's not how it works. You need yeah. to leverage the book. You need to get out there and talk about the book and get it in front of your target audience. So what my book does is it's all case study based on how my previous clients did that, all the different strategies and tactics they used to leverage their book to build six and seven seven figure businesses. So if anyone's got a book or is wanting to write a book, but not really sure how it fits into their marketing plan, go and get the Freedom Master Plan. You can cherry pick the strategies that will fit your business. So that's what I did last year. And then a month ago, I don't know what it was, Stephanie. I think I must have been dreaming about veganism or something. I don't know what I was dreaming. I've got a strange brain. It sounds like a beautiful dream. I'm sure it was, but you don't don't want to get into my brain too much, Stephanie. There's some weird stuff that goes on in there. But I must have been dreaming about it. And I just woke up with this feeling of, I have this gift. It's the only gift I have. I'm terrible at everything else. I'm the sort of person that burns boiling water. I'm not sure how I do that, but I can burn saucepans with just water in them. I, I can't cook. I can't drive because I keep crashing cars. I'm terrible at literally everything. 
apart from writing and teaching people how to write. That's my thing. And thank okay. God I have this one thing that I can do on this planet because I can't do anything else. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Want... I think you might be a blast to hang out with because I'm having a good time today. <laughs> yeah, I'm a good drinking partner if you want them. I'm not sure. Yeah, that doesn't make me money. I think that's me spending money. So, yeah, I'm not sure that's a good thing. <laughs> but so I just woke up from what I don't even remember the dream, but I just woke up thinking, I have this gift and I'm at the moment I'm happy because I'm using it to help entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, to you know, people like my friend who rang me, say, well, messaged me saying, you know, I'm going to give up on his yeah. dream. I was helping those people keep their dreams alive now. I thought, okay. why am I not doing this for the vegan community? I've been vegan for over 10 years and I've been amazed at the difference in the UK. There's been a sea change. Yes. in how people treat vegans when I yes. first got into it it was to end of 2012 early 2013 a lot of people didn't even know what a vegan was I remember one guy actually said I'm really sorry can you tell me the symptoms so I can help you and look out for you oh, no. and he wasn't he wasn't being horrible he was a lovely older gentleman who just mm -hmm. he thought I told him I had some sort of intolerance Oh, so he gosh. wanted to know and he wanted to look out for me. So tell me what, so I can help you. I'm like, it's mm -hmm. not a disease. <laughs> and he didn't even know. But now everyone, whether they agree with vegans or not, they know what one is. Yes. So there's been a huge change. And I realized just a few weeks ago, yeah, it takes a while sometimes for my brain to click. But I just thought that didn't happen by accident. That yeah. happened because vegans went out there in force and said, no, we've had enough. We have choices. We don't want to eat or use anything that's yes. contribute to the death or torture of an animal. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, why am I not using my gift to amplify those voices? That's what I yes. should be doing, you know? Mm -hmm. That's yes. what being an author does. It amplifies your authority, your voice, your reach. Why am I not doing that for the vegan world when I'm so passionate about being a vegan in my private world? And the so timing just I might be that. perfect now. You know what I mean? Like the timing might be right. You know, they, as I say, sometimes the stars align in a sense. Yeah. And I was excited. I mean, when I saw your post um, and then I jumped and looked at your LinkedIn profile, I was like, oh, this is perfect for the vegan community. This is perfect, really, not just in the professional side, but even for a lot of activists that are out there trying to amplify their voices and help people that I really think you're going to be such an amazing, um, you know, really, you know, asset to our community that I get so excited about the opportunity. Thank you. you. I'm excited. You. I'm excited. And you know, I just want to, I don't know why it took me this long. It's like, why did it, I've been writing all my life. Why did it take me long? But sometimes, like you said, things just don't click until they click. And something yeah. just clicked a few weeks ago. I just thought, why am I not using this gift? I have this gift of being able to amplify people's voices, people's reach. Why am I not doing that for the vegan world? Like I said, I don't want to die in a world that still thinks it's okay to exploit animals. I want it to be a niche thing that some strange people do. Have you seen it? There's a film called Carnage. Maybe it wasn't Oh, I haven't seen it. No. Okay, if I see if you can stream it. It's called Carnage. It's a UK film by okay. a wonderful guy. He's a comedian called Simon Anstel. Anstel, okay. Anstel, Anstel. I will say his surname wrong. Um, okay. And he, it's from 2017. And it's a film where it, it envisions... 2050 and in 2050 
we found a way to actually give animals a voice so they can communicate with us. So they've been able to communicate with us for over a decade at this stage and told wow. us they're very sentient beings and they knew exactly what we were doing to them. So it envisaged a future where a lot of the older generation, the younger generation are not even eating meat. They will, they yes. will, they're growing up without even eating meat. But the mm -hmm. older generation who can remember a time when they ate meat are so traumatized because now they can hear the voices of these animals that they're needing a lot of counseling and psychotherapy wow. to get over the trauma of what they did, the guilt basically of what they did. Fantastic wow. movie. I won't tell you anymore because I'm on the spot. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. But, but I love on, it that you're giving us all homework to do yeah, out go, of this go session. Watch. And it's, uh, what's really wonderful about this film, it's non-preachy. It's not, ooh, mm. be a big, it's, it's very important. It's very funny as well. British humor, yes. though. I don't know how much of that translates into the U.S. Uh, a good Hopefully. amount of it does. I'm sure I will <laughs> enjoy it. I have a, lot of, a lot of British Yeah, yeah. But, but it's and that's what he did. You know, he's amplifying his voice, and that's what I'm talking about. So yes. I was like, that's what I need to be doing. I need to focus on amplifying vegan voices, so that way I won't die before it's it's the most normal thing in the world that you don't eat meat and you don't contribute to exploitation of animals. I love that. And I think it's such an amazing place to be. And so many people are probably, as they're listening to this or even watching this, I think the question in the back of their head right now is, well, how do they get in touch with you? How do, if, they're, if they <laughs> need that help, they want to get coached, what should they do? Uh, well, the best place you can go to is just go to my website. So that's thefreedommasterplan.com. It's the name of my book. So it's thefreedommasterplan.com. If you go there, you've got all of my social media profiles. So you can contact me th um, through that. Um, you can also get um, the first chapter of my book for free as a download. So if you oh, like yeah. it, then you can go over to Amazon and get the whole book. I recommend you read the Freedom Master Plan because I think what sometimes happens is people have, let's just say, I don't know, a, a weird idea of what to do with a book. And that's why I meet so many authors who've got a book languishing on Amazon. They've never done anything with it. Mm -hmm. I always say start with the end in mind. So yes. it makes more sense for you to see what you're going to do with a book in your business, how you're going to use it to amplify your voice. If you start with the end in mind and then work your way backwards from that, you'll find that you'll write a much better book because it's much, it's much more aligned to what you want to do with the book, as opposed to writing a book in a vacuum, which a lot of authors do. And then yes. they're trying to figure out, right, so how do I use this to promote my business? I even have calls from people can you tell me how to promote my book for my business? So we're doing this backwards now. You've written the book and now yes. we're trying to shoehorn it into your business. So yeah, it should be yeah. the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes. Now, I know we only had a little bit of your time today and just looking at the clock, we're running over. <laughs> so I just want to be respectful because I know you have to run. So maybe as we kind of wrap up today's interview, are there any kind of advice they have out there for anyone that's either pivoting their business because they're trying to veganize it. Um, is there any advice you have for anyone out there that may be thinking about writing a book um, and they're a little super scared? Um, anything that you want to just leave people with that can maybe motivate them and inspiring, um, inspire themselves. Cause as we talked before the interview, you know, all of us have good days, bad days, things that are always happening that I love to be able to kind of end on the inspirational note if we could. Okay. Well, regarding writing a book, I get why it feels really, really scary. I think I've seen some very accomplished entrepreneurs kind of fall apart a little bit at the thought of writing a book. They just think, oh, I'm not good enough yet. 
just remember that author that you see, you know, when you go to events, I know we haven't been going to many events recently because of the pandemic, but we are opening up soon. And stuff. Yeah. You're slowly getting there. Those people that you see who are on stages and, you know, they're actually not any better than you. That's the key to remember. I used to, I remember looking at some of these people on stages, oh my God, they must be so much better than me. They're obviously more talented than me. They're more intelligent than me. They're more abc whatever excuse you want to give yourself these people aren't the only difference between you and them is they were scared they felt imposter syndrome and they did it anyway that's the key thing and it's something i tell all my students i have to kind of counsel them through imposter syndrome and i always tell them and just say be grateful that you actually feel imposter syndrome that's what your competitors are going to feel but what's going to be different about you is your competitors going to buckle under the pressure and not write a book you're not allowed to do that. You will become an author and you will be seen as better than your competitors. So yeah, don't don't feel don't worry if you feel like, oh my God, this is overwhelming. I felt this with my recent book, and I've written seven of them as a ghostwriter. So you'd think I'd be fine, but I'm like, ah, it's just the eighth one, no big deal. I felt imposter syndrome all over again because this was going to be my first as an author and not as a ghostwriter. So we yeah. all feel it. Just don't allow yourself to buckle under the pressure of it. Get it out there. Get a book out there. You'll be amazed at the doors that open for you. I'm not sure we'd be having this conversation if I wasn't an author, Stephanie. Would I've yeah. ever even? Would I have even turned up on your radar? That's maybe, yeah. but maybe not. Yeah, so it really opens up doors for mm-hmm. you um, when you become an author. So don't give up. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. We had a couple of people stop by and said, yep, they that aha moment Lars um, just kind of commented on earlier. Um, I think Frank was just giving you kind of a thumbs up for everything you were saying. And then Karen was excited because she's going to definitely check out um, the uh, movie that you recommended. Carnage. Um, yeah, definitely uh, check it out. Great movie. Carnage. Absolutely. So let me just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much much for joining me today. Thank you so much for posting that note. And just so everyone knows, um, Natalia actually posted a note saying that she was going to do interviews this year. I think it was a hundred, right? Yeah. I want to be on a hundred shows by the end of the year. So yeah, yes. that's, that's a bit of a crazy task, isn't it? But yeah, no, but I love know. it. Like for me, I love it. It's aspirational. It's quantifiable. And it also is something that helps you continue to shape your message. You know what I mean? Get used to talking. So I just say that for everyone that, you know, you never know when you post something out there, you know, someone tagged me in the post. I saw it and I was like, oh, great. And now we're connected. So I, I just say that because, you know, I'm really, really pleased and very excited that we're getting connected. Even reading your profile gave me a little bit of a nudge to say, Stephanie, you know, you need to write your book. Um, so <laughs> don't be surprised if I'm reaching out. Um, oh, as I would well. love that. I'd be honored to help you write your book because I've been looking at your profile and, and what you've done. You, I mean, you put together your network in 2009. I was just thinking about veganism in 2009. I was still eating meat at that point. It wasn't until 2009. 2012-2013 that I became vegan so I was a little bit in awe of you it's like wow this woman was vegan in 2009 I'm building a network and I was just figuring out what a vegan was back then so I'd be honored to help you write your book it'll be amazing oh thank you so much I really really appreciate that and I just appreciate you giving us some of this time giving us some of this advice perspective on um, you know, getting a book out there and really how important it is to help amplify 
our messages out there. So thank you for joining us today. I really look forward for us to continue to get to know each other. And I also want to inspire anyone who's watched us live or watched us as a replay. Please, please, please reach out to Matali. I think it's just going to be a... Um, it's just a great connection um, to have, not only if you're ready to write a book or even thinking about or planning it, I think it's just great for all of us to get connected here. So thank you once again. Thanks everyone for watching us live and we'll see everyone in the next interview. Bye.